say about Nehemiah, and the interesting part is, and I'll mention it later, is he brought this message and the opportunity to come and be with us physically present and online um, with the idea of preaching Nehemiah before he ever even knew that we were doing a series on Nehemiah. So God works those things together wonderfully, and I think it's a powerful message that he brings to us today and that we'll bring to each other in the weeks to come. And so I want us to take a moment to pray for Pastor Scott this morning and just to let God's Spirit rest upon him this morning. So let's pray for him. Gracious God, as, uh, as Pastor Scott comes to us and, and gives us this message, I just ask you to open his heart up to the words that you are calling him to say. It's a message of Nehemiah that I know that we just all need to hear. I know your Spirit has inspired him to bring this message this morning. So now let him speak from your words and from your truth, and may it be acceptable and pleasing to you, everything that he has to say to us. In Jesus Christ's name, we all said, Amen. Thank you all and welcome. Hello, good morning. How's everyone? You're going to have to feedback small crowd here today, but I expect them to say Amen a lot. And God help them sometimes if we need it. The mic okay there? Uh, welcome all of you at home or wherever you are this day. I'm glad you're with us. So, uh, Pastor Squires is doing a sermon series here for the next few weeks on Nehemiah. And it just so happens that we had started this theme of Nehemiah as part of our series uh, with the district a year ago, uh, I guess ahead of the curve, so to speak, that uh, it would be about rebuilding. And so today, I'm really going to be kind of uh, moving in three parts uh, with my sermon today. Uh, Reverend Squires, I'm sure, will feel in much better on the days to come uh, with some of the things that I miss. And, um, but I just want to cover this sermon today, and I want to make it about you, okay? So he'll get into the specifics and the details, I'm sure, about the rebuilding of the actual wall and the gate. Um, and I'm going to talk about that some today, but I really want this to be about where God might be rebuilding in your heart. And uh, so we are, in fact, I think that part of the response was rebuilding. Is that what we said, rebuilding? Let us rebuild. And so I want us to rebuild together like Nehemiah. And as we get started, uh, before I move into this actual scripture, I want to kind of set this up for you a little bit. So in the in Nehemiah is, um, if you go about halfway where Psalms is, and take one step back to Job, Nehemiah is right before that. It's a, a book, like I said, it's 2,500 years old. Um, Nehemiah is speaking at a time in which uh, the walls of Jerusalem have tumbled. Um, there's a separation of the kingdom. And in the very first chapter, how this story starts off is Nehemiah is with the king, and his brother comes named uh, Hanai, and he asks him, hey, how's it going in Jerusalem? And in the midst of that, his brother says, it's terrible. The gates are in rubble. People are hurting tears in the street, and we're told that Nehemiah, he first hears what he has to say, and then he starts weeping. Now, I don't know about you, um, has anybody in the last few months since March maybe heard some news and found themselves weeping? Anyone? Anybody been weeping? You, It's okay if you respond, if you don't, good for you, but... Anybody at home have found themselves weeping with the news? Because what we thought would just be a few weeks, maybe a month, has turned into six months, which we know now is going to turn into a longer period of time. Something in which 
that those of us who are over 50 haven't experienced in our lifetime. And thank God that we have been in such a place that we haven't had experience, but now here we find ourselves with literally our internal gates torn down. And so the first part of this as we start is where do you find yourself? Not where do you find your spouse or your friend or your children. Where do you find yourself today? Where are you when it comes to where you find yourself of hearing the news day after day that things are not as good as we hoped? Nehemiah does something I think speaks to all of us. The first thing he does, he listens, and then he weeps, of course, after he hears. It's hard hearing some of the stuff that we're hearing, isn't it? I think it, it really got to me, and I'll tell you a spot that got to me. So this past weekend, um, I uh, did a wedding ceremony on Lookout Mountain for a friend. Now, this wedding back in uh, March was scheduled to be 400 people, real nice, nice wedding. And then they tried to reschedule it again in May, and it was going to be 200 people. And then they tried to reschedule it again, and finally, after the sixth time they had planned this wedding, a big wedding, it was 24 people. And, and there's a certain sense of loss, because when there was a wedding at the celebration, and it was beautiful. But what got me is that we got on these shuttle bus, separated apart by six feet. So guess what? Not just in the church, but everywhere, people are separating. You had a wedding, at a reception, at a country club, wherever you find yourself, and a child, four years old, had a mask on. And I don't know what about that got me. But seeing us putting a mask on a child, I thought to myself, God, where have we found ourselves where we don't even completely understand this, that we're having to put a mask on a child because of something that's in the air that we can't even get our head around? Have you wept the last few months? I have. But then we find something happening with Nehemiah. Nehemiah, after he has his tears, he's got to do something. And he goes to the king who he works for. He was the wine bearer, so he had built a relationship. And he goes to the king and he says, Hey, you know, my home city, my place, my people, it's in destruction. Can I go there and help rebuild? And we find that he goes at night. He doesn't tell anybody he's coming. He doesn't make a big deal. I'm here to help build the wall. He just went and he looked around at nighttime. He got information about how you rebuild. He started figuring out what was going on. And he came back and he, he pulled the people together. He pulled his church people together. Us, you, like Jeremy's trying to do. He pulled together and he says, hey, that I gave my report. Face it. We're in a bad way here. Face it. Church ain't the same. Face it. The grocery store is not the same. Face it. He said, Jerusalem's in a wreck. Its gates are burned up. Hendersonville. We're in a spot, aren't we? Tennessee. Other states. Texas. Florida. Hey, our country seems to be at, kind of out of control, right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Not only do we have a pandemic, but we also have unrest, deep divide that has taken place over where people's lives are being just crumbled. We got people without work. 
And this is what he does. Come. Let us build. Now, I don't know how he said it. I, I, I imagine maybe he screamed it and said, Come, let us build. But I imagine he just said, Hey, come. Let us, let us do such. Let us move forward. So, as we talk today, I don't want to make this about a building. I don't want to make it about, you guys got a lot of great programs, Jeremy, that are going on and you're doing things for people. But I want to talk about you. Come. Let us build the foundations of our souls in the midst of this COVID season. So where do you need to start? What prayer do you need to call out to God? Where is it that you need to have your life in such a place that you say, God, come, help me rebuild my heart so that I might respond to build the kingdom of God for you. And so the movement after he says this takes place, and he says, let's start rebuilding. Starts getting people together, right? Hey, we've got a program next week or the coming week where we need on August 22nd, it's going to be hot as Hades. I guess in Hades is hot. I don't know. Hades might be like an ice castle. I don't know. And we're going to get outside here in the freaking heat, wearing masks, sweating to feed people. Thank God Almighty we can do it. And I hope we go through three or four masks of sweat, and I hope people come, and I hope somebody looks at you and says that today you were the kingdom of God for me, right? Is that not a great opportunity for us? You, somebody's got to say amen in this sanctuary. So let us start rebuilding. But here I want to tell you something about Nehemiah that happens. And this is what always happens. People didn't always agree with him. <laughs> they were pushing on him. There were three guys in particular that Jeremy would probably hit some of their names. They, they didn't like how it was going. You know what I'm saying? They didn't. They didn't like what he was doing. They, they wrote letters to his, the king about him. They started talking about them. They started discrediting because they didn't want the wall rebuilt. See, because here's what happens. If we start doing things for the kingdom of God, and, I, and I, I've told you this, Jeremy knows this, but here's the truth. I still believe there's a devil, and I still believe that we're in a battle, and I still believe God rules, and I still believe when we start doing good things that we get that evil one pushed up against us. And so what happened is when Nehemiah starts rebuilding the, the, the building, the gates, there starts this turmoil starts happening. The struggle starts taking place. And when we start working on our spiritual lives, we start getting pushed on inside. And here's the thing about it. A lot of times it's our own stuff. I don't know about you, but I, I, I said earlier in the earliest service, I would love to tell you that during COVID, I have been the most faithful, prayerful, dedicated Christian ever who walked. And I would be lying. I have taken two steps forward and three steps back. I have shuffled. I have turned off the news. I've turned on Facebook. I've turned off Facebook. I, my children have told us to quit talking about COVID. I, I have been obsessed. I've been humbled. And then finally, I have literally been on my knees and said, God, just help, please. And so that's what happens. That's what happened with Nehemiah. So it happened with us. And so we find Nehemiah. And this is a scripture I want to read. If you put that up, it, it's, it's Nehemiah 2.16. This, this is where I really want to focus today. Nehemiah got this thing back together. And this is what he said. 
The officials didn't know where I had gone or what I was doing, so these people, he starts, the wall, they almost got the gates in place. I hadn't yet told them, the Jews, no, I'm, I'm sorry, I, am I at the right place? Yeah, the priests, the Jews. Yet, see, there's trouble in Jerusalem, and it's in ruins, and our gates are destroyed by fire. Come, let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem so we won't be, be consumed to disgrace. I told them that God had taken care of me and also told them what the king had said to me. Let's start rebuilding. But then we got six up there, uh, chapter six. I don't know if you have that or not. Okay, so if you'll go to chapter 6, if you have it, I want to just hit that one part. So he gets the gates up after he's gotten all this done. And these guys, these three or four people that have problems, they want to meet him. They say, hey, you're doing such a good job. Can we come talk about it? But they really didn't want to talk to him about it. What they really wanted to do was to cause him trouble. And he said, why should the work stop while I leave to come down to you? And he says, no, 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 I'm not going to meet you. What God has me doing is so important that I'm not coming down to see you. So my question for you today is, are you doing the work that God has you doing that you might be able to say no to the distractions that come up in your life? Or better yet, let me reframe the question. What do you need to say no to? What do you need to say yes to? Where is it that you need to say, does anybody here need to say no to anything so this opportunity might be for you to be able to change your life? Anybody need to say no to somebody about something? I've got teenage kids. There's a lot of no's that go on. I'm doing important work. How is it with your soul? Are you rebuilding? He said no to those people that were trying to distract him so that he could say yes to what God was having him do. What does a yes mean for you today? What does a yes mean for our souls? What does a yes mean for the kingdom of God? What does a yes mean for our church? What does a yes mean for Sumner County? What does a yes to God mean to help change the course of of not what COVID does, but how we respond to it. I can't do anything about COVID. I'm not a scientist. I sort of know some things about it that we talk about, but let's be honest, we're not completely sure. We do the best we can by wearing masks and washing our hands because that's what scientists tell us believes that could help us from getting other people sick. Because I'm not so much worried about me getting sick, but I sure don't want to get you sick. But I'm not a scientist, I don't know. But what can we do? I don't know about what I can do there, but what I can do is what I can do in my own heart and how I respond to people. That I support people. That I love people. And here's why. The yes is because God is still the God of love. The yes is because God is real. The yes is because God is still the God of grace. The yes is because God is the one who brought his son into this kingdom and gave his life for me. The yes is because I don't deserve any of it, and God still says that we have a purpose and a plan for my life. The yes is because what I think is wrong, God can make right. The yes is because God can heal whatever is broken. The yes is because God is still in control. The yes is because it doesn't matter who's present, who's not present, who's mad, who's not mad, that God is the God of salvation and healing and hope. And no matter what happens in this life or the next, our God is the God of yes. And somehow, somewhere, 
Maybe I have forgotten to say that out loud to you. So let me just tell you how, how it comes from my perspective as a district superintendent. I have 106 churches. There's about 34,000 people in this district who worship. And this is the basic truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God loves you. Right, let me say it a different way. God loves you. Let me say it another way. God loves you. Let me say it maybe a different voice. God loves you. Do you, do you believe that? Do you? I don't know. It's hard, right? I mean, let's be honest. Is it hard? I mean, in the midst of all of this, and yet it's true. Because a God that could love me has got to be able to love you too. That's the kind of God that we have. That is why we do what we do. That is why they sing songs in the midst of this season. That is why they attend and come and worship from home. That's why Davis handles the sound and we handle, handle requests. That's why Jeremy says week after week after week after week, it's going to be all right because at the end of the day, guess who wins? Who wins? So you either believe the book or you don't. And I'm choosing to believe what God has already said. Christ died for you because why? He loved you. Christ arose because why? He loved you. And I promise this, and I bet my life, and I know you are too, that Christ will come again because He loves you. And what do the people of faith say to that? Yes. 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 Lord, if I failed you today, I ask that you help your people. Amen. Life is complicated, very complicated, and we are beginning a new month, and we wonder what August is going to look like, hopefully not like the picture that I shared in the email and have shared on Facebook, but we don't know. The one thing we know for sure is that nothing will be normal. For many families and school days are about to begin in a very different way whether virtually or in person, depending on situations. And everything in our world, in our country, in our church, in our lives has been broken and battered over the last six months. We've been in a holding pattern. A holding pattern as we gather together. Hmm. I lost all my stuff. Hold on a second. Hi, how you doing? And in this holding pattern, we've been waiting till it's going to be over. But we're realizing now that it's never going to be over. And that we will have to move forward to create our new normal out of the rubble of the old. And even if we can't all 
come together physically, it's now time to begin to make our plans to return in ways that we can and to rebuild. Nehemiah was an ordinary civil servant who knew what that was like. Nehemiah lived over 2,500 years ago and he wrote the book on rebuilding when he left Babylon and returned to Jerusalem with one single vision to rally the people, rebuild their hope, and ultimately rebuild their city. So for the month of August and into part of September, we're going to be joining Nehemiah on this journey from start to finish and learn the secrets of the success as he applied principles from God that enabled him to rebuild a broken city wall and the process rebuild a lot of, re- of broken hopes. Wouldn't that be nice? To rebuild some of our broken hopes. And I really want us to do this together as a church and as a community over the next 45 days in every small group, every Sunday school class that is meeting in some way right now, every Bible study, and everyone not a part of any of those groups who is a part of the Good Shepherd community. I need your help to do that in your group. We need the ability to come together and rally around something that brings us together. A singular purpose and vision for all of Good Shepherd that transcends the boundary separation we find ourselves in these days. And I believe that Nehemiah can help us to have that new beginning as just as Scott was already feeling and already had experienced. So I hope you'll join with me starting next Sunday, August the 9th. We're going to start doing it in small groups. I'll have lessons. I'll have all kinds of things we'll be creating. We're looking at a book called The Nehemiah Code and those various situations as well. And and I hope that we can hear the fact is that this Nehemiah Code can help us rebuild or restore and renew ourselves individually, but also can help us to renew our church and our world too. I miss all of you, and I wish we could connect You see, you see us and see me and everybody up here all the time. We don't ever get a chance to see you. My world is this big. But that's the way it's going to be. And we have to continue to figure out then how are we going to do church together. And we have to remember to stay calm, stay connected, and stay the course. That's our mission. That mission hasn't changed. But the way we live it out is going to have to change and to continue to be the same thing. So I'm encouraging every group that's in our church that's meeting, and even some that are not, if you're not meeting by now and figuring out some way to be able to do uh, some kind of online gathering, or right now uh, we have a Sunday school class that's gathering in a park together, spread out. That may become the new norm. Take your group somewhere where you can spread out somewhere and be able to have your group, your class in person and do it that way. We've got to think outside of the norms that we've normally done in this past to figure it out. But every group by now needs to be meeting in some way. Your people need you to gather together. We have got to figure out the ways Instead of saying, well, we're not coming back together until we can sit in the room normally like we used to. That is not going to happen anytime soon. And while we wait for that to happen, 
we will waste away. We will lose our connection. And the thing is, we won't even know it. Because we won't know what's missing until we find it again. Folks, we've got to rebuild the wall. Virtually, physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. And so one of the things next Sunday is that we will do our Breaking with Bread next Sunday as we gather together in our virtual spaces and places. And we're going to continue to to proclaim Psalm 91 and hear these words as we close out today. Lord, thank you for the rest that comes when I choose to live in your shelter. I declare you alone are my refuge, my place of safety. You are my God. I trust in you. I pray you will protect me and my family from the virus. I pray you will cover me and shelter me. I thank you for your faithful promises that remind you will protect me. Help me not to be afraid of all that I hear and all that I see. Help me not to dread the virus that is terrorizing our world, Lord. Many are sick. More are fearful and anxious. I pray protection for me, my family, my church, my community, my city, my state, my country, my continent, and my world. I pray, Lord, as I make you my refuge, that no evil will conquer us, nor come near our home. I pray for protection by your angels wherever I go. Lord, I love you. I trust in you. Please rescue and protect me. Thank you for answering when I call. Thank you for being with me in trouble. Thank you for salvation and the hope of heaven. And everybody said together, Amen. He leads me.
encouragement. And my friends, thank you so much for all that you've done since March. To be able to continue the life of this church and all the groups that are meeting, all the ways we've been able to serve, all the things that have happened behind the scenes, and every level, it is because of you we've been able to still have all the things that we do. From those who've come in and manned cameras and done all the audio and moved things between both the places to the musicians to those who've helped take temperatures and prepare plans and been ushers and everything else. To every small group leader who had to pivot and try to figure out how to go online. To every failure and every mistake that we made. To every success and every person who's been touched. Thank you. We have to keep doing it. We can't stop. I know you're tired. I'm tired too. But we can't stop. Nehemiah never stopped. He was worn out. He kept going forward because if we keep going forward, God will give us the strength to do all things. We have to remember that and to continue forward no matter what. It may be three steps back and two steps forward sometimes, but it's still two steps forward. Keep putting your foot in front of another. And as you go from here into the week ahead, keep your eyes open for God. Watch for His work. Be alert for signs of His presence, for He is God, our God, in charge of the whole earth, and He remembers His covenant. For a thousand generations, He's been as good as His word. So go with confidence and joy, knowing that God goes with you. And remember to always believe in hope. Amen and amen. We miss you. We love you. We will continue to be the church no matter what. Amen.